0: is a note that's played but goes unnoticed like so much of the work behind the music before it hits our eardrums i'm hannah copeland join me for in-depth honest and unpredictable interviews of kansas city's music makers plus new music happenings to put on your radar it's all on ghost notes via the fountain city frequency network John Coltrane, one of the greatest horn players ever, right? If he was on stage trying to impress a crowd and Ella Fitzgerald got up there next to him and started singing, there's no way he could compete with their attention. That's the power of the human voice. Dominique Sanders, my guest today on Ghost Notes, is a bass player and producer who recognizes that power. But as a producer, he says he's cool being in the background of his songs and guiding their tone, trusting his collaborators, just like he did on his album he released on New Year's Eve 2015. You'll hear tunes from Dominique's album and his other work underneath our conversation today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Hannah Copeland, and this is Ghost Notes. Bassist Dominique Sanders is just bad. Everything he plays is funky and tight. That's what Kansas City music critic Bill Brownlee said about our guest today, Dominique Sanders. Dominique Sanders began playing bass at 15. At the ripe old age of 25, he shared the stage with the likes of Willie Nelson, Dave Matthews, Barack Obama, Tech Nine, Clark Terry, The Fall of Troy, Charlie Pride, Nicholas Payton, Black Joe Lewis, and Maurice Brown, among many others. He's one of the most versatile players out there, covering everything from classical to hip hop. Recently, he has been absolutely booked. Flying from coast to coast, making records for boys to men on their latest album, Kawhi. And going back to something a critic Bill Brownlee said, a Kansas City music critic, he said Sanders and Kamisi Washington are a new generation of jazz based musicians who perceive modern forms of hip hop as natural extensions of the music of Duke Ellington, Charlie Parker, and John Coltrane. Is that true?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's all the same, um, you know. It's, <laughs> it's like really, it's the it's the same thing, different, different wheel, like whatever. You know, it's the same. Uh, jazz, jazz came out of a certain um, environment, mm-hmm. um, which is, I mean, pretty much the same environment as hip hop. You know, the people people came from the same neighborhoods, the same struggles, the same everything else. Um, and now it just happens to be the music is, is quote-unquote hip-hop, but hip-hop is jazz. It's You know, they're literally, they're joined at the hip. Um,
0: what are some of those, can you give me a sense of what that bridge or natural extension is between the two?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, like the most, I guess the most obvious thing would be that um, when you listen to hip-hop, the a lot of the samples that create the actual songs are jazz jazz records <laughs> it just kind of rearranged in a different way mm-hmm. so that'd be like obviously the, the most obvious thing but jazz at when it at its time um that was the voice of the people really you know if, if you if you really stop and look at what the music was about and the, the titles of the songs and about what people were talking about through their instruments they didn't it wasn't necessarily a vocal based thing but through their instruments it was the it was the voice of a generation and a time and a people really and like i said the you know the jazz musicians all they came from the like a lot of the people the same neighborhoods, the same everything you know um now just like hip-hop is a is a vocal based uh music now so the voice obviously touches people a lot more than the instrument ever can mm, why um that's it that's a good question i don't know i didn't is the human nature you know like um a lot of times, when something doesn't have vocals, um, it could be—I mean, it could still be phenomenal. But that moment that you add vocals to it, it just it bridges some kind of like psychological <laughs> gap or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like uh, that's yeah. a really good question. Like it's a, uh, but it's, it's, it's just kind of an unanswerable. Yeah, question. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. It just everybody just kind of knows that's that's what it is, you know. Um, like you know, you think about John Coltrane or whoever, like one of the greatest horn players ever. Could never compete with an audience if you added Ella Fitzgerald to, to the equation, you know, because that vocal is gonna tie, <laughs> you know, it's just gonna connect with you so much more than a horn ever could. And that's kind of what hip hop is, you know, it's, um it connects with people a little bit more, or it could it push people away even a little bit more because of the vocal aspect of it. But I mean, if I feel like if John Coltrane was saying what he wanted to say instead of playing what he wanted to say, he would be rapping. Like <laughs> like this exact same thing with Kendrick Lamar saying and, and, and the way he's doing it, it would be the exact same thing. Charlie Parker, Charles Mingus, all those people, if they were actually could t- say what they were wanting to say instead of playing it, it would be the exact same thing.
0: In your career, what has been your proudest musical moment?
1: I mean, I'm just just as happy, um, you know, playing at whatever the, the you know anywhere like Green Lady Lounge or wherever as I am, you know, going to New York somewhere playing or whatever. Um, just how you how you look at it, you know. If you if you really see your end goal, you know, whatever your end goal is, um, and then. All those things kind of are stepping mm. stools to that you know so
0: what is it your end goal uh my end
1: goal is just to, to really be able to do 100 percent what i want to do in music so you you control the music whereas the music doesn't control you
0: your primary instrument is bass yeah, yeah. but there's dozens of other instruments on your album, which ones are you
1: playing? There's a lot of Kansas City musicians on, wow, um, a lot. <laughs> like uh, like pretty much anybody that almost plays an instrument in Kansas City, is, is on there. There's Danny Embry on guitar, um, Matt Hopper on guitar, uh, Jordan Shipley on guitar, Ryan Lee on drums, Herman Mahari on trumpet. Uh, Steve Lambert on saxophone, Brad Williams on drums, Harold O'Neill on piano, uh, Mark Lowry on piano, Josh Williams on trumpet, um, uh, Chalice O'Neill on trumpet, Ernest Melton on saxophone, uh, trumpet instruments. That, that might be yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot like there's a yeah i just tried to you know I, like if you think be, of another one you can yeah just i know it'll probably come to yeah but yeah. that that sounds that sounds right and that's the cool thing kansas city is definitely a community where there's world-class musicians that here that are here in this city and play in this city every day I, i'm cool with just being in the back and holding it down you know i, I never I like At the end of the day, like work, even working with all of you know the famous quote unquote people or you know all of that, um, you know I want to be able to go to Walmart and you know walk around and look and see what I want to get, you know, (laughs) and nobody knows who you know who I am, and I want to be able to play at jazz clubs and nobody really, people like Mike sort of know what you're doing, but you know. I just like being kind of under the radar, so. I'm do you like, know? Do you know
0: why you feel that way about music?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, th- I just think that I, I think you make better music that way. I mean, it's it's truly about the music, you know. Nowadays, it's, people get so caught up in you know trying to look good or be cool or whatever, and you know the music's kind of like, wait, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I mean, like the music's not that good, but I mean. I don't know, he looks tight, I guess, well, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, I want to be, right. you know, I'd rather nobody know what I look like or who I am, yeah. Um, and still be doing major things, like influencing music in a major way. Um, there's a lot of people that do that, that I personally know, that if they walk right in front of you, you wouldn't know who they are, you know, but have 10, 11 Grammys, you know, and different things like that. That's that's where I want to be at.
0: songwriters today would write more about a certain topic, or um, or guess, what do you wish songwriters today wrote more about topic-wise?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I wish songwriters today wrote more about themselves, like more about life. You know, I feel like I'll go to the record store and go digging for records um, to sample or something, and I always listen to the whole record. Even if there's not something I necessarily take out of it, but in a lot of those those songs, especially in country music, a lot of the songs, like the music itself was not the most interesting, quote unquote, I guess, but the songs were, the lyrics were like out of this world. (laughs) You know, you can write a song about a cup floating down a river or something. and It'd just be the most entertaining song. And it's like better than any song that you're ever going to (laughs) hear today. Um, So I just wish people wrote more about life situations, like real life situations, instead of like situations that they don't even live and situations that don't really even exist is at that, all. So you, you said
0: know. more about themselves? Yeah, just like, you know,
1: just like, what are you, what, is, what is your life? You know, a lot yeah. of people write about, you know, the same, you know, club or whatever situation. And a lot of that stuff, I mean, it does exist, but a lot of that stuff don't even, they don't even. Do it, you know. <laughs> it was like it doesn't even exist, you know. Yeah. So, um, just write more about just everyday life, you know. Like everyday okay. life is could move you, you know. Write about the rain. Write about like I said, cup floating down the river. Write about you know stuff that actually happens in life. Right. I wish that would happen. More. Yeah.
0: as a bassist a lot of times uh lines bass lines are just glued to the kick drum what's it feel like playing a part that a non-musical ear might not even notice
1: um i mean that's another thing too like i i, I don't i don't feel like it, it should be that there's certain instances where you gotta you, you gotta like lock down and play a specific thing mm-hmm. but uh, my approach to playing bass is like I mean you don't have to you don't have to do anything like you know what i mean all you have to do is make it sound good and and feel good especially as a bass player the main that's the number one thing like if it doesn't feel good that's that's all that matters really is if it feels good you know Mm -hmm. um so i think i think a lot of in my playing like a lot of non-musical ear people can hear it different maybe like just because it's that's what you expect the bass to do, I guess, but you don't always have to do that. And, and you can do that and, and do it in your own way to where there's different things going on. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't know, like, I mean, I, I, I think I approach you to do it with a different yeah, different way. Right. Than most <laughs> people kind of approach the instrument with, I don't prejudge notions. I kind of try to erase those out of my mind every time I play,
0: mm-hmm. just because, like,
1: I like experimenting. You might hit a wrong note, but I mean, it's right because you played it. Wrong is not real, <laughs> you know? That's something that people created. Like, wrong is... What do you mean? Uh, I mean, wrong, if, if it was wrong, then it wouldn't be on the instrument. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, people care too much about playing the right, quote-unquote, thing. There's nothing that's right. There's nothing that's wrong. You know, mm. if, if you play it and you truly believe in it, it's right. Lately, i been wearing the way this world is running brings me down we just need some healing
0: to spread around because some days it feels like love just can't be found oh yeah did you grow up in
1: kansas city uh i mean i've, I've been here since oh six yeah where'd you get yeah, from from los angeles okay yeah. So, but I mean, I didn't musically definitely grew up here. Like, I mean, yeah, this was like first gig was here, first everything. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, first gig and all that stuff was here. So, yeah, I went, I went to UOKC in '08. What did you study? Um, uh, music education. Okay. Yeah, I'm the I'm probably the least studied, like, like I guess like. Academia study person that you would ever meet that actually was a part of academia. Um, <laughs> yeah, like anybody that knows me, especially at at UNKC when I was there and like 08 and stuff. Anybody that knows me, um, I just felt really—I would say—uncomfortable. But I was just like, I was like, man, I'm like out of really out of place here, um, just because my my musical thinking was so different. I was coming from such a different place musically from the second I got there Where were
0: you
1: coming from Um I was coming from a different world of music I mean I was coming from hip hop uh working in hip hop playing in hip hop I was coming from uh not academia world <laughs> like a you know what I mean I didn't I didn't do like all of the the private you know lessons and all of that stuff and I didn't I didn't own a a jazz collection at the age of 15 you know so i was just i was just felt i was always kind of like the outsider of every circle in academia that i tried to be in you know because in there either you you grew up from like you know five years old being a classical savant or something And i always i took less you know my mom like had me in piano i took piano lessons and all that stuff but i didn't i mean i honestly i never practiced like you know i didn't, I didn't like care really or take it serious you know i was too to worried about playing basketball and, and messing around, um, but yeah, I'm mean, also just coming from a totally different headspace. And then once he get got to UNKC, and I was like, you know, I really like Jazz. And then you know, just like everybody's like, yeah, man, I got you know, you know, you know this song, you know that song. I'm like, I've never, you know, I've never heard of it. He's like, you know, like, oh, this is you own this Miles Davis record, I'm like, man, I don't own any Miles Davis, you know, and, you, and you, get, you feel weird saying that, because it's like, man, I don't own any Miles Davis records, and you're trying to, you know, be musician. Um, but, yeah, I was just always kind of, like, outside of that world, I guess, um, but I just love so much music, and, you know, I, I owned a little bit of everything, and just, I don't know, it's just, it was, uh, it was weird, <laughs> but, you know, it worked, you know.
0: Did you Did you graduate from UKC?
1: No, I, actually I stopped. I was like, I had like one year left, and I was like, you know what? I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. an opportunity came up that where I could really, really succeed. What was in, it? In a different way. It was the opportunity. A like, well, the first like in in school wise, um, it was kind of like I met Anthony Saunders, um, who. He, he ended up like me and, like he did the uh with the boys and men that's mm-hmm. the guy and he, and he had done justin Bieber's record um believe mm-hmm. be, like right before that too and uh i ended up meeting him and like i mean within like i don't even really short period of time um we kind of caught co- like did the boys and men that whole thing and got together like an orchestra and and had them play on that record mm-hmm. not just like an orchestra it was like a, a small Stream course in Arizona, you know what I mean? So I ended up getting together doing that and having them. And that was really kind of the moment. I was like, wow, okay, wait a minute. Like, I know, I know enough people and I really kind of started focusing on that aspect. And I was like, I already have enough music that I could make this work and just start connecting with other artists, yeah. you know what I mean? And that, I guess, I guess that would be kind of the, yeah the same, but I was, I had already played bass on so many different, like pop artists records and stuff too but that was kind of like the 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 thing i guess maybe that really was like okay i can i can do this
0: well thanks for being here
1: yeah thanks yeah
0: dominique sanders plays regularly with paul shin eddie moore and the outer circle the hearts of darkness and many other noted projects as well as his own quartet he is a member of the producing team known as the extraordinaires with leonard destroy beats their new album, X, Life, is out now on Parisian LaRouche Records. If I
1: said that right? Yeah, LaRouche. Yeah. LaRouche. Yeah, Rouche. Yeah, yeah, LaRouche is good. Like, I like that, yeah. Okay. Just keep it like that.
0: All right. Find him on Facebook or at DominiqueSandersMusic.com. Hey, it's Hannah. This is the portion of the show we're calling our forecast of just a few things out of the many things going on musically in Kansas City before our next episode. The biggest is Folk Alliance International, February 17th through 21st. Hundreds of musicians are flying, driving, and probably even hitchhiking to Kansas City from all over the world to get to this event. If you're looking to make folk, bluegrass, or country music your career, you need to be there. There's panels explaining how to make money, how to get the best live sound, and hella networking. If you're a fan of folk music, there's showcases and concerts every night that cost about 25 bucks. Julian Davis is one that you should go to. And there's a really good deal on Sunday. For 30 bucks. you can hang out at the festival all day and see international artists all day, pretty much from dusk till dawn. The website is folk.org. I just impersonally really excited about this. I'll be there the whole time, so come say hi. If you don't care about folk music, great. Come see Brie, the first lady, an R&B singer and self-proclaimed royalty. She's performing at Riot Room on February 11th. For more booty shaking, check out DJ Spin Styles and Bill Pyle, Wednesday night the 23rd at Tank Room. And for good old rock and roll, Shy Boys and Full Bloods are performing at The Brick on February 26th. We do want to hear about your musical events. Nothing is too small or too weird. Really, you can't weird me out. Email us at ghostnotespodcast at gmail.com, and we might read it on our next episode with one of Kansas City's biggest rising stars, Erin McGrain. Or you might not know Erin by your first name. You might know her as Penny from the antique pop duo Victor and Penny. Find out what it's like to make brand new music that sounds like it's a 100 years old. And why is that so appealing a history lesson in one look deep into the mind of one half of victor and penny next time on ghost notes